All right, let's boogie, as Connor just put it. Today, our guest is Connor, the content king, doobie, uh, active speaker, entrepreneur, founder of the B2B Mentors podcast, and a trusted B2B marketing advisor. He started his first oddball business at the age of seven. Connor has gone on to create eight plus figures in sales, coaching hundreds of businesses development business development leaders on social selling and content marketing. He's also the current CMO at Active Blogs. Connor, thanks so much for joining us today and coming on the show. Good to see you as always, brother. Happy to be here. And uh, boogie party, you know, hang out either way, you know. It's a boogie like party. Nerding out about marketing. Me too, man. I like nerding out about pretty much everything. Uh, I'm a curious person and I can get into it on a lot of topics. You know, I'm new to, to marketing. I've been on the product side my entire career and um, it's been daunting, overwhelming, but also a ton of fun. And the most fun part has been getting to know people like you. You know, I've been having a blast with the mastermind group you put on. Before we dig into anything on the business side, uh, you know, I found people love the origin story and you started as an entrepreneur pretty, pretty young. So tell us about this business you founded at, at the, at the old age of seven rocks rocks had to do with rocks. And, you know, back, uh, back at the tender age of seven, you know, both my parents were real estate folks. So naturally the entrepreneurial kind of mindset I was I was surrounded by with my family and was you know the young kid always brought to Christmas parties and the the schmooze and booze events and so at the age of seven uh which was actually when 9-11 happened um I wanted to find a way to like give back and came up with the idea I actually took rocks from my neighbor's yard and from my parents yard and I painted them with like American flags and art and kind of stuff. I mean, it wasn't great, but um, I just tried to find some cool rocks. And then I took them, you know, to a, uh, a motorcycle rally, actually a Harley Davidson rally. And I sold them all. I raised like $150 and I donated it to the, to the rebuild efforts uh, for 9-11. So that was my dive into entrepreneurship. It was, uh, it was a rocky start. Uh, but it was, you know, interesting. It just had me hooked. You know, I've been um, always, always when I was younger, always saw myself being an entrepreneur, helping others. And I especially really love just marketing um, and the premise behind marketing and building business and, you know, even having my first channel experience at the age of seven. Like I found a channel and I sold through the channel. That's impressive, man. What seven year old could do that? So, um, over the years, you know, I was always starting lawn mowing companies and businesses with my friends. I started a t-shirt company in high school and eventually went on to college to earn my marketing degree, which for me personally was like not the best use of my time. I'm the worst freaking student ever. Um, but I was a broke college student at the time as well. And so to pay my way through school, I started doing door-to-door -door sales. And, um, you know, signed up with a company, became a top performer, uh, banged out a few million dollars doing that. They eventually promoted me in to run uh, one of their marketing departments, help grow that from 4.5 to $10.8 million in a year and a half, uh, was training, coaching salespeople who were, you know, three times my age and in a, a group of marketers and event marketers, loved it. But I'm like, working for other people, it's not my, not my jig. Um, so left college, 
was going to start another company and decided to actually partner up with my dad in our now business, which is active blogs and um, love it. Got to work with a lot of very interesting industries, work with a lot of staffing and uh, uh, industries uh, majority, but also a lot of very sophisticated tech companies. So from there, I've done a lot of speaking, coaching, training, networking. I've, you know, personally trained and coached hundreds of B2B marketers on leveraging LinkedIn, content marketing, um, strategies like podcasting. I like to say like, you know, Andrew wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I'm so impressed that I did all of this for you. I'm just kidding. Um, but it was funny because we talked about it. And then like the very next week, you you launched your podcast, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. If if nothing else, in, encouraged, uh, encouraged taking the steps and, and taking the leap uh, on executing some of this stuff. And it's been a ton of fun. So uh, I think... You know, my the, my natural follow up question is like, well, you got started at a young age. You're fascinated by marketing, but the numbers you just talked about are really impressive. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are smart, who have a passion, um, and couldn't produce that sort of growth. You know, at such an early stage in in their career. What do you attribute you know that success to? People. It's a hundred percent people. Like I am not the smartest dude in the, in the box. Like I'm not the sharpest crayon in the pencil box. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm not good at math. I'm not like a, like a software guy or a tech guy. Um, but I know how to build relationships and how to maintain relationships. And that's really been the biggest thing for me over the years is getting my foot in the door with people who are way more successful than me. Um, getting them to know me, like me, trust me. And I've done that uh, across the board in all of my businesses and ventures and everything that I do is I surround myself with great people. And, you know, you've been in my masterminds before. I always, I always say it's like, it's not about, it's not about what you know, and it's not about who you know, because you could like, I know uh, Richard Branson, right? I know he exists, but what does that matter if he doesn't know me? So I'm always trying to get people to know me. And um, that's been the key to success is I try to be coachable. I never, ever go into a room thinking I'm the smartest person in the room because I'm not. Uh, and that's been really the ticket. Uh, you know, my family, although they were entrepreneurs, had businesses, it wasn't we were like we were we we're struggling. Like, so we didn't come from I didn't come from like a like a very well endowed family. We weren't wealthy, um, you know, kind of below middle, middle class, uh, but, you know, just barely over getting the bills paid. And I'm like, I, I've got to get, I've got to break through uh, where we're at. And the only way I can do it, and I'm, I'm so glad I realized this early on is by um, other people. That's really interesting. So, Tell us now a back little to bit your, more. Uh, not to cut you off, oh, but yeah. back to your other question too, is really like, how did I do that? Like, how do I perform sales uh, or, you know, produce sales in those numbers? And now I've gone on to do, you know, multi-millions more, worked a lot of deals. And I also have brokered a lot of, you know, major deals between companies and all that good stuff. Um, consistency um, and having brand 
right? And so I leverage all the things that I talk to people about, which is having a focused message, putting content out there, um, being a great communicator, and being consistent. I mean, I've 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 won so much business just because I refuse to give up or to like not try to find an angle that works or make something mutually agreeable happen. And I think that's also been something in terms of like getting deals closed and helping other people, right? It's not just like I didn't do it on my own. I had 25 people to help me do it. And so empowering other people, which I still continue to do to this day, uh, to also be successful. Those are some you know, solid strategies. And it's, I think there's probably things we've heard before, but there's a difference between paying lip service to it and living it and focusing on those things. I think a lot of people hear strategies and they think, oh yeah, I'll work that into the, the same shit I'm doing. And the reality is that, um, a lot of these are fundamental when you're talking about empowering people, you're not, okay, let me add 15 minutes at the end of the day to empower people. You're talking about a fundamental shift of if we are going to do this at a, in a bigger way, in a more impactful way, it not, needs to be, we need to turn the model on its head and start with these strategies, not try to layer them on top of what already is working. Okay. I mean, I get coached by, um, you know, one of my coaches, he's a nine figure entrepreneurs done over a thousand real estate deals with his partners invested in over 70 companies. Um, and, um, that's one of my mentors and coaches, another super successful. Like I, I have mentors and coaches, um, and, and, you know, just last Friday I was getting, mentored by a billionaire and it's funny because people are always looking for like these hacks or shortcuts or like the secret to how do i grow my sales how do i get better at marketing at the end of the day um whether we're in the 1920s or we're in 2022 going into 2023 next year the fundamentals are all the same you got to be able to number one reach enough of the right people and number two, you have to be able to consistently stay in front of them. And it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of discipline, like not even just in terms of what you're tactically implementing, but how you're disciplined in yourself. And so there is no secret hacker strategy. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of focus. But if you can tap into those ways that you can reach enough of your right people, stay in front of them, that's a differentiator. That's what's missing. If you're sitting here like, dude, how do I grow my business? How do I get more deals in my pipeline? Yeah, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of ways to go about it. But at the end of the day, it's really that simple formula of reach and consistency. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I didn't really learn myself until until I started thinking about this from the marketing perspective. Focusing on product my entire career, you know, it, it's a different mindset and you're not thinking about how people really buy things. You're thinking about how to deliver an awesome experience when they buy something, right? Or at the moment they're ready to buy. But so much of marketing is before they're ready to buy. And that's just a, a whole world I wasn't aware of. And I'm going to really let my ignorance show here. But the name of the game, as far as I've begun to understand, is timing. And you can't be, you can't magically uh, appear when someone's ready to buy. So you have to be there any possible moment they could be ready to buy. And, uh, or at least learn or be informed. I am skipping ahead here, but 
I think that was the big light bulb moment for me. And so shifting from any outlook of what's the thing we can do to make a sale to, well, what are we going to do consistently over time that will educate, help our buyers and eventually make us the choice when they are ready to buy? You can't twist people's arms into, especially in an enterprise, you know, like, excuse me, we're talking about B2B deals here, right? You can't twist people's arm into doing business with you. Um, you got to show up, you got to be the most valuable. And I even think too, a lot of the mass marketing efforts that have been performed over the years because of social media and digital marketing, a lot of like spray and pray, hoping to like cast a big net and then catch, you know, some of the fishies of your potential clients that are like in the 3% who are ready to buy from you right away. Now, like you said, experience, relationship, and exclusivity and um, experience is everything. That's why you see me do things like literally free masterminds every month where I invite some of the most successful people I know. Um, I invite other people I'm interested in and I give them a platform to be able to do business together. Have I ever pitched, you know, you've been to a couple, have I ever pitched my services on one of those? No, not at all. It's always a collaborative environment and and uh, everybody's there for the right reasons is what it feels like. And they're there to learn and connect and like some of them end up doing business together or partnering together. I've invited competitors in because, you know, I'm going to provide value. If they can provide someone else value better than I can, then I've done my I've done my duty and the people who are fit um, end up becoming clients or partners or, you know, great relationships in the future. Like you never know where a relationship's going to go down the road. Definitely. So let's, uh, I want to dive into active blogs because I have a couple questions about your clients there and, and things you've learned to help connect the dots for people. Before we jump into that, I keep find myself checking out your, your artwork. Remember why you started, you know, why is that, why does that resonate with you? What's the reason you started? In a couple words, I know I'm looking up like, oh, what's the dude thinking of? Um, there's so many reasons, like it's hard to pinpoint it to one, but I would just say p- fulfillment of potential is the biggest, you know, well, why did, why am I starting in the first place? Cause I've, I, I would, I would be incredibly depressed not knowing that I didn't fill my potential. And also for the reasons like my family and the people I want to support and people I want to help, like I do a lot to give back part of nonprofits. I don't promote it outwardly. I just do it behind the scenes um, because it feels good. And so it's always a good reminder of like, dude, why are you doing this? When, when things are difficult, not going the direction I want, which is, you know, my, um, my coach says, uh, uh, 50 good days in a year and you'll be a millionaire. I mean, that's really it. Like you have, you have 50 great days in a year. You're going to be a millionaire, multimillionaire, but most days are shit and challenging. And, um, there's a lot of, you know, hurdles to overcome. So it's always about remembering why you start. What's the cause? What's the root? What are you aiming for? Nice. I love that. Um, and I'd love to hear more about the, the, the nonprofit work, uh, something that's important to, to me and to us as well. And obviously you started your entrepreneurial career, uh, giving back. So I think it's cool that you're continuing that thread 
as you continue. So earlier in our conversation, you're talking about how you've served, uh, you know, clients, uh, both in complex IT industries and also, you know, some legacy industries. What do you think is something that the IT world can, can learn from a legacy industry and, and maybe vice versa? Because I'm always fascinated by what you can take from one vertical or one, one industry and just drag it over to the other one and start having some really cool results. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing with our product. Yeah, I mean, I'm always studying across industry. Like I read the Wall Street Journal every morning and go through and I'm reading everything that's happening in different verticals and, and you know, watching CNBC and just studying, right? I'm a student of the game, like business is my sport. And so um, at, at, at a base level, in terms of marketing, like what can you learn across industries is one, there's a lot of competition. There's more competition than ever nowadays. And your competitors are probably out marketing and out communicating you, which is the name of the game. Um, every, whether you're IT, whether you're biotech, whether you're SaaS, whether you're telecom, staffing and recruiting, you name it, you have to be your own best advocates and you have to be almost your own best media company because your competitors are out there educating your market. And if, um, you know, even your clients, like if your clients are not learning from you, then they're learning from somebody else. So when I don't put content out myself, I almost feel guilty because I know it's my duty to help and serve my clients. And I know why I'm doing it. Do you feel the same way as a marketer about your business? as a president, as a CEO, as a salesperson, like, do you feel that same passion towards like what you do is so valuable for your market that it would be irresponsible for you to not be out there marketing and communicating. And that is what we do in essence. Like you asked what we do at active blogs, we help our clients to save a ton of time and achieve better sales results by amplifying their message with videos, articles, newsletters, you know, visual graphic content for their B2B markets. And it's all about consistency and it's all about education. Um, so IT, uh, you name it, like across industry, it's all the same. Um, now, how you deploy it is going to be different. You know, IT industry is going to have a different channel to potentially leverage versus a medical device company. And so those are the things where more of the strategy come to play of like, have you done your research? Have you done your homework to figure out where your audience is actually spending time? Where are they hanging out? Where do they prefer to consume information? Who do they trust to listen to, to learn from? And are you reverse engineering that and then using your information to reach them and to stay in front of them? Makes sense to me. I, I really like this information. You know, on, on our journey, we've we've uh, tweaked a lot, and it all came down to understanding where you know where our customers, uh, how they're learning about stuff today, and trying to reach them there. And I love your your idea of duty because the, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, and uh, my team's really passionate about, you know, we get to we get to play games and, and run some fun things for enterprise companies. But one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things are the tools we've built because they save people so much time. And when we started off, you know, early on, we'd have managers telling us like, 
you're saving me 40 hours a month. You know, it's like, we have this backfilled position. I don't even need to fill it anymore. Um, you know, and I don't have to do all this crap that I didn't want to do, which is, you know, the logistics of, of managing things with hundreds or thousands of people involved. And, uh, I never expected that, but man, that felt good to know that you made somebody's job who was, that was overwhelming, boring, stressful, you know, you fill in the, the negative, <laughs> the negative, uh, descriptor you want, but, uh, to know that, you know, we're helping hundreds or, uh, hundreds of, of administrators save that kind of time. It's really fulfilling. And it does feel like it's a duty to let other people know that they don't have to be doing things the old way. They don't have to be spending their time, uh, you know, dealing with multiple vendors and being ignored, there is a better way. And, you know, when you get that time back, you can do, do something that, that adds to your life experience, um, and gets back to the, you know, the creative parts of, uh, of work that they were probably originally hired to fulfill. But I want to, uh, dig in on something I've only heard from you. And I think it's something you can provide a lot of value on for our audience. Tell me about the collaboration funnel. Something I stumbled upon, um, you know, a number of years ago, and I may have coined this term. I don't, I don't know. I might have to like trademark it or something like that, but it's, it's, it's nothing um, complex, but here's the thing. At, no matter what you're doing, just to kind of set the, the, the foreground for this, um, uh, or the pillars of the framework, have you, no matter what you're doing, whether you're using paid ads, you're doing SEO, you're doing email marketing, you're doing inbound, outbound, you're doing all around and, and turnaround and whatever it is, content is the fuel for your marketing efforts. Your business is basically like a, a rocket ship, right? Or a jet. Um, everyone likes a cool, sexy private jet, right? So we'll say your business is a private jet. It's a vehicle. But... If you don't have any fuel, if you don't have jet fuel for it, it's not going to get off the runway very far. That is what content is for your business, is fuel nowadays. Con I like to say content is currency for your business. I mean, the more valuable currency you're putting out, the more you're going to get out, uh, get back in. It's an investment um, into your marketplace. So the tricky part is a lot of people struggle with this. Whether you're a solopreneur, you're a small business, or you're a Fortune 500 company, is we need all this content to feel what we're doing. What do we talk about? How do we use it? How do we attract the eyeballs that we want? The enterprise eyeballs, right? How do we get them in the door? Um, so I came up with this mechanism called the, co the collaboration funnel a number of years ago. And it actually started when I launched my first podcast, which I started because I didn't have connections with wealthy individuals and people who are way more successful than me and mentors. So what did I do? I created a platform to be able to get access to those folks, right? If you want to speak on more stages, create a stage and a platform for people to speak on. If you want to get interviewed on more podcasts, start a podcast. Um, and if you want more content or a way to get easy access to your influencers in your market, prospects in your market, and to provide valuable information for your market that's not just even coming from you, um, but coming from co-branding with the right people, that's where the collaboration funnel comes in. So it is the vehicle of leveraging either a podcast or a guest blog or co 
um, collaborated content, co-branded content to number one, build high level relationships. Number two, basically create infinite amounts of content and information to feed all of your channels and to also have as a sales pipeline builder in the most easy way that you could think of. When I started reaching out to people and said, you know, I've done a lot in prospecting. Like, I mean, I did door-to-door sales, right? Like that is, it doesn't get much more difficult than that. And there's a lot of people who are doing that now in enterprise companies as well, or trying to sell to enterprise, whether they're doing it digitally through LinkedIn, they're emailing, they're cold calling, you name it. It's so much easier for you to go to your prospects and say, hey, we have this platform called Enterprise Eyeballs. My name's Andrew, by the way. And, you know, I'd, I'd really love to interview you for 10 or 15 minutes on this platform and, um, you know, have you share with some of the other marketers in our network, right? And I've done the same thing with um, B2B Mentors, my podcast. Now, here's where people get hung up is you don't need a podcast to implement this. It could be a guest blog that your team creates. You do an interview. You don't have to create a lot of time. You can get a quote from that person, turn it into a graphic post, post that on LinkedIn. Um, You can get a short five-minute clip. So it's not even about podcasting. Like I love podcasting because it's a great, you know, long form. I love long form content Um, and it's a great uh, vehicle. Uh, It also really highlight, it really helps to elevate your authority. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter even like how many people are listening, who's listening in the beginning. It's about giving that other person a quality experience and a platform that they can share their expertise and then using that in your marketing, but also as a relationship opener. I love it. I can uh, back up everything that you're talking about with the context of, of this podcast. You know, I've gotten some awesome compliments. Hey, I, I'm loving the clips. I'm loving the show. You know, you're doing an amazing job. And I, and I say, thank you. But it's, it's easy. Cause I just have uh, good people come on and talk about what they know about, you know, that's very, thank little. you. But I got to give Connor all the credit for exactly. it anyways. So Connor and all the guests, I mean, I'm just going to keep this, playing that. There, I mean, it's true though, right? This show would suck if it was just me sitting here talking and I would feel overwhelming, overwhelmed having to create all this content, right? Well, it's not hard to create good content when you just find people who make good content and, and invite them over, you know? I think uh, an interesting thing I can weigh in on, you're talking about maybe the barrier to entry can be even lower. You know, um, when I was doing more product over the last couple of years, a couple times, uh, people would interact on LinkedIn and say, hey, I love what you just wrote about UX. Uh, can I quote you for this thing? Can I put this on Instagram? You know, it's happened to me a few times. And yeah, just that popped in my head when you were describing, you know, you don't even necessarily have to be proactive about going to get this person to say something new. You could be hunting on their LinkedIn or on their website and ask to repurpose something they've already made in the past. So it's an even lower barrier to 100%. entry low friction, low effort. Um, and the results are there because, uh, I don't know what it is. It's one of those things where if you're on the stage, you're off, you're on stage with a microphone, people will listen to you more. Right. And there's one of those, it's just the association of, of branding. Um, it's just one of those things where 
if I quote you, somehow I get some of the credit for what you said. And uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense when you dive into it, but that's just how our brains work, I think. Well, it does. It's a, it's a 360 win. I call it prospect generated content. Like you're literally using your prospects and your market to help you generate the content. And the reason this is effective, I'll give you an example. I have a, a great number of clients who sell to like CTOs and CIOs and CISOs. And these are tough people to get your foot in the door with, because especially with the explosion of it and all that digital transformation bullshit, um, Sorry, guys, I cuss a little bit, but um, the digital transformation boom, it's hard to get your foot in the door with folks like that. But who do we, who do they want to learn from? Right. If I'm a CTO in a Fortune 50 company, who do I want to learn from? Other CTOs, the one the one above me. Exactly. Exactly. I want to learn from my peers. And that's what this collaboration platform enables you to expand upon is leveraging that peer-to-peer influence without you having to be and like become that peer-to-peer influence. You can go from nothing, absolutely nothing, and build yourself into a trusted source just purely by associating yourself with others. You know, like if you go to any of my landing pages, I have business celebrities. I've got Jeff Hoffman, founder of Priceline.com. I've got Kevin Harrington, Shark, original Shark of Shark Tank got Joel Calm, um, you know, uh, you name it. And um, just simply by having proximity to those people helps to elevate my status as well. Any business, any industry, any company, any marketing person can deploy this. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about how to do that, right? Because I think a lot of people listening We'll think, well, okay, well, you got lucky or you had connections. Like, um, I would love to have that proximity to these people or these brands. What's step one to, to get in, in their universe? Reach out. I mean, st- <laughs> step one is to reach out. <laughs> Thank Find you. something that's... <laughs> That's what That's I was hoping you would say my, because so I many people my job. put up this you know, block in their mind of like, well, there's no, what, you know, what, how do you do it? What do you do? And the answer is almost always as simple as you think it is. The, the, the answer is, I mean, now again, to be fair, to be fair, any Leonard, letter Kenny friend or uh, fans out there to be fair. Um, it's, it's not always as simple as just like, I can't go automatically reach out to a celebrity and they're going to say yes. Like they don't know who I am. And so that's where it goes back to even how we started this podcast is relationships, right? Find people who are in that circle of influence, right? The reason I got on stage and spoke in front of Kevin and he came up to me after we I spoke at an event and we got that picture together that you see on my mastermind landing page is um, I invested into a mastermind with um, uh, one of my now best friends, um, Brandon T. Adams, who runs a video marketing mastermind, but he's also business partners with Kevin Harrington. So... Um, I invested there to get access to him. That's also how I got access to Jeff, founder of UBID, Priceline.com, Booking.com, who I now, you know, have a relationship with and I've gotten to like actually engage with. And he's actually mentored me on my business is I'm not afraid to invest. 
I'm not afraid to exchange money for relationships. People are like, you're not supposed to pay for mentors. Dude, that's stupid. Like, also, some of these influencers, you can pay them for their time, right? If, if it's the right person, I would pay them to come on my podcast because I can take the picture of us doing that together, the video, and that's going to be worth way more than what I spent to have them, you know, do that interview with me or to be affiliated with me. So try reaching out. Um, tap into the circle of influence. It's so easy nowadays between Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and TikTok and DocDoc and you name it, like um, to get to, to identify like who, 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 who does this person surround themselves with? And then maybe I can access those people, build an authentic relationship. Like I don't just approach someone and say, hey, can you introduce me to, you know, to, to, um, you know, whatever name celebrity, can you introduce me? No, build a relationship, be willing to, um, do the work. It is work, right? It's just like prospecting and it goes back to, okay, maybe I send them a video. Maybe I send them a gift. Maybe I send them something to like get their attention. Um, or I pay money to do it. So there's a lot of ways got to be creative and you can't just like think yourself into paralysis analysis you just got to start taking action little baby step right uh, create a list go check ahead it twice don't check it twice yeah uh no I, I think the what i would just zoom in on there and i think where some people get caught up or maybe uh there's a misunderstanding is if you like you said buy them a gift or pay that money to have them featured it's not a one-time transaction the purpose of the, that gift or the first, you know, paying for their time, that is to get their attention because they're going to be inundated with requests and intros and all these things, right? So the, you know, the, the flashy, what's perceived as transactional piece of it is actually just to get a foot in the door just for step one. After that, a real relationship can be born, you know, and I, I think what a lot of people don't understand is that uh, you could, you know, relationships, uh, real genuine relationships grow out of all sorts of different uh, experiences and interactions. And what you're doing for to get that first interaction doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're doing to build the relationship after the fact. 100%. If that person's speaking at an event, buy a VIP ticket, which will probably come with dinner with the speakers or um, access to the back room. And from there, you, that's where people struggle is like, well, what do I do? Don't worry about what to do. What you should be worried about is, are you asking the right questions? Are you asking your way to success? The thing that separates me from others, when I come across someone who's way more successful than me, and I want to build a relationship with them, I never ask them, can I pick your brain? Can't, you know, I never ask them, how can I help you? Right? Um, stupid question. It's a terrible question to ask. Um, what you should be doing is first off, do your research, do your homework on those people, know what's important to them, study their social, study their content, study their career, get some context and educate yourself, uh, and find out what's important to these high level individuals, high level, high net worth, high quality individuals, and then tap into that. And then, you know, like for example, um, what did I do? So my, my now coach, nine figure entrepreneur, 
I paid $1,500 for 20 minutes just to meet with him one-on-one. -on -one. Like, who would do that? Not many people. But what sure. happened is we went, we sat down together, we got some dinner. Like, yeah, I'm paying for this. But then what did we do? I didn't try to pitch him anything. Like, I made the dude laugh and I cracked some jokes and I asked him a lot of questions about, you know, I heard, you know, I know you mentioned that this business you're invested into, what happens if this happens in the market or this and like creating general genuine intrigue and curiosity with people. That's the differentiator. Can you be naturally curious? And that's going to help also separate you. So don't worry about like what you're going to say. You should be worried about how can I learn how to ask really good questions? And can I be a good student? of other people to know what's important to them. That's some great advice. I really like that. All I'm all about that natural curiosity. Um, you have any tips for building curiosity if you're not necessarily a, a naturally curious person? Uh, it's always come naturally to me. I don't think it naturally comes to other people because they're too busy thinking about themselves and what they're going to get out of it and what they're going to do with it. Right. It's like you can teach a man to fish, but if they catch the fish and don't know what the hell to do with it, then they're just sitting with a big, wet, flop, floppy, scaly creature. Like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. So, <laughs> which is a really funny visual, by the way. Like, you finally catch that big fish and you're just like freaking out because you don't know what to do with it. So, um, uh, you know, I think what you're doing here, Andrew, is, is a great way, is a great example of that. Is, um, having a, you know, practicing podcasting, um, being a podcaster or an interviewer is a great way to help refine your curiosity skills. And I would say expanding your horizons outside of just what's right in front of you. I know a lot of people who like only care about the one thing and the one thing that they feel is related to their business or industry, right? So like if I'm in IT industry, all I do is just freaking hammer home and study technology and I'm so technologically smart, but I don't know how to hold a conversation if I get into a room full of people or if I get someone in front of me. So, you know, like what I said, I re I read the Wall Street Journal just out of curiosity, trying to find things that pique my curiosity. You got to be a student. Um, and being a student doesn't just end when you're left college, left high school, left elementary school, you know, no judgment if you didn't even make it to college, but or to high school. Uh, so you just got to like, it, it, it's a habit. Same as going to the gym. Like if you haven't been in the gym in a while, it sucks to get, get your, get, you know, get back into the gym. And so, um, it's the same muscle. Curiosity is a muscle, but you got to figure out ways to practice that muscle. That means asking good questions. Get, f go talk to your spouse, ask them questions. You think you haven't asked them before. Like I've heard conversations between couples or you'll see like a dating show on Netflix, for example, and you hear like questions that are being asked. You're like, those aren't even genuinely curious questions or self-interested questions. Um, so, you know, I don't know if there's a magic trick for it. I've kind of just naturally have had that skill set. Um, and if you can't be that person, then find someone who can be and like partner up with them. No, I think there's a great lesson to be learned there. I mean, early in my career, when I was a freelance designer um, working for Peanuts, uh, you know, one of my strategies because I was I had a ton of social links. 
I mean, a, a shekels, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, I was struggling to get by and uh, I was scared to network, scared to meet people. Um, and one of the things I did was go to a networking event, find the best networker there and then make friends with them and uh, try to do a one to many um, because and stay top of mind with people I know were out there doing these events because I couldn't go to all of them. I was scared of going to all of them. There were some I was just straight up intimidated by, like, I'm just going to feel like a loser there. I'm not going. And, uh, you know, over time, I got my own comfort. But, yeah, that early strategy of, of being in front of the people who, uh, you know, are out there talking to people. And if they like you and understand what you do, then they can throw a lot of things your way. So understanding your strengths and weaknesses and also your strengths and weaknesses of the moment. You know, I think I knew eventually I could get over a lot of that and and uh, be a good uh, networker and relationship builder on my own. But at that early stage in my career, I was just too overwhelmed and intimidated to be good at it. And that is the differentiator, like the differentiator between those who are successful, however you define success is when you're in those situations that you feel intimidated, like you're like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, dude, they let me in this room. You're in the right room. I mean, that's where you're supposed to be. Like growth doesn't come from a comfortable place. Growth comes from immense discomfort. And so... I know I'm always going in the right direction when I'm constantly in a state of uncomfortability. I know that I'm growing. I can't add anything to that other than I 100% agree. If you feel like you're in the wrong room, you're probably in the right room. So if we really want to get into some discomfort, Connor, are you ready to share your screen and play some tap to fly? Oh, you son of, you son of a gun. All right, let's do this thing. I'm going to win. Right. And uh, if I don't, then we're going to be here all night until I hit the top score. So that's good. All you right, and I don't have anything else going on. So Connor, you got that brief little practice we did before the show, just like the other guests. I'm going to put you on a timer for one minute here. If you get a game over, just click. It'll start over and record your highest score as we go. If you oh, happen to be on a work. sweet run... At the end of the minute, I'm going to let you keep flapping. So here we go. There you go. Oh. So I keep going? Keep going. You got oh, 53 shoot. seconds left. Wait, can I use my? Can I use the center bar? Oh, there we go. I was using the up arrow. Oh, it should be with the mouse. I can't believe you're using the keyboard. Oh, is it with mouse? That might be easier too. Let's try that. I had no idea that the uh, keyboard worked at all. Uh, guys, I will say that he gave me a fatter and heavier bird than all the <laughs> other ones. So just uh, if you're wondering what's happening here, you know, oh, oh man, that's tough. That's tough. Got about 20 seconds. What's my time? About 20 seconds left. Come on, 15. baby. Come on, baby. Five seconds. Get a good one going. Oh, okay. Well, that last is round, time. last round, last round. We're still going. We're still going. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? Two is actually respectable. This is a really hard game. Super addictive. That's why we get some. I'm of not our happy with it. Great I'm saving results. This freaking link with this game. Um, I'm saving yeah. this link. 
It actually is great to get going on calls. It's become kind of a thing on our team and uh, it is an obsessive addiction, um, but we do have multiple members of the well, team. Well, thank you for humiliating me after such a great podcast interview. I feel like my ego is all the way up here and then all the way down here. So well, it's I all got about, some, some uh, other way to humble myself. Being a good sport. We appreciate you playing. Like everything we do, it's an iteration. Next next season is going to be a different game. I think we're going to have some other little surprises along the way, but it's been a lot of fun to have people uh, dive in. So thanks for being a good sport. Appreciate it, brother. So Connor, if people are interested in getting in touch, uh, what's going on? What's the best place to find you? Well, um, check out our B2B uh, mentors podcast, be the number two B, B2B as, as in business to business podcast. That is also on all your favorite podcast apps. Um, LinkedIn, use LinkedIn quite a bit. So Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R, Doobie, D-U-B-E. Make sure to follow me there. Give me a shout out. Let me know that you heard me from Enterprise Eyeballs podcast. I do a lot of podcast interviews. So that would be great. And let's connect. Come check out our mastermind. You know, get to know Andrew. He's part of my circle now. And and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks a lot, Connor. Hope to have you on again in the future. Anytime, bro.